Mariah, I will be forever grateful for your music because your lyrics have been there for me through my darkest times. You are my inspiration and my joy. You have been part of my life in every situation. Thank you so much. Love you. Hey, welcome back to the Adventures of Gigi. I'm Gareth Stora. And I'm Gia Perro. Hey, you guys. This week's going to be a little bit more of a serious episode. And I don't know, I'm scared I might get emotional already. Like, this seems just kind of like a deeper subject. I don't know. What about you, Gareth? What do you think about this? Uh, give them the 411. What are we talking about today? Ooh, today we're going to talk about how Mariah has saved us from well pretty much anything whatever it might be we all have our own stories this episode is my saving grace this episode a while back we asked and we ask it quite a lot just because we want to talk about things that you guys want to hear as well and we asked a while back what do you want to hear us talk about and one of our instagram fellow lamely folk she sent us some messages it's has82 on instagram and she sent us a message saying that we should talk about how mariah has touched our life and saved us from a moment she did go into more detail and i do have more messages which we will go into we have put some more feelers out there a couple of weeks ago we put something else out we got a bit of an overwhelming response so we tried to make sure we get as many of the comments as possible for us to go through today and try and connect it to Mariah's music, connect it to our own uh, personal um, approach to Mariah's music as well. We've all got our stories. So hopefully there'll be lots of resonating moments from other people, lots of things to relate to, lots of inspiration. And even if you do just listen to Mariah Carey for the vocals. Hopefully it's going to shine a bit more of a light on the lyrics as well. Yes, oftentimes, or for the last two episodes anyway, we've been like doing rankings, agreeing to disagree, and kind of having a more laid back, fun, game-like approach to the episode. But this time we all can agree on one thing, and that is that Mariah has helped save us or get us through something. And I know you and I have touched upon this in our first episode, but we haven't talked about how she's touched so many others. She's built a community for us. Oh my gosh, I can't even describe what, like how to, to, how to keep going right now, Gareth. Because what you just said, you, you, just, you just described it perfectly. Well, yeah, we've had our moment before where we spoke about it and that was more about like, why are we fans? And yes, we might have touched on this a little bit, but that was just our own personal tastes, it, obviously. And, and it was like an airbrushed moment. And this is more of why do we continue to love Mariah and stay hooked? And how is she this constant in our lives? How do we as fans connect to somebody in such a deep way that others could perceive as very shallow or, you know, not, you know, superficial. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've said it a lot. You know, those people that 
are from the outside looking in, or the people that are like huge, huge fans of Hero and not much else, you know, and that's fine. But those people might just sort of like the vocal talent and not necessarily the craftsmanship in the writing and the storytelling. And, you know, we're here today to talk about, yes, all those things that we've both just mentioned, but also on top of all that, the inspiring element as well. So Gia, let's start with us before we go into other people. And, you know, we can just jump in and out with our own bits if if anything else comes up, like any of the songs. So we might have already touched it, but let's just remind people, what is your go-to song whenever you're feeling down or happy? Or if there's a particular song that reminds you of a particular moment in your life that is so powerful that you might have to be alone for the song or you have to take a moment after you've heard the song, whatever. Just tell us maybe your three songs that fall into those three categories. Well, I know for sure the first song that actually really got me through something was Vision of Love. Just because she sings about getting through such desperation and like almost like what loneliness or what carry me through desperation to the one that was waiting for me it took so long till i believed i think it can be both it can she said this as well it can be like a a spiritual as well as a like a love song and i think that's what makes this so versatile it can fall into both yeah for me it was vision of love was for those who don't know i found Mariah at a really crazy time in my life where I was in a super abusive relationship. And I laid the song Vision of Love down to, okay, I don't have what I want right now, but I have a vision of what I want. And that's giving me the strength to leave this situation, the hope. It gave me a lot of hope. And it it was I put it in the love category, but also the spiritual category because of the the hope that it gave me and it did feel like gospel influence and I felt like God or some sort of spiritual force was handing me this song and this voice and ever since then it was like I've always felt like I was meant to cope I don't think that if I had Mariah there would have been so many situations that I wouldn't have been able to get through as easily. I wouldn't have been able to identify with that emotion. I wouldn't have been able to find the strength in a situation. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting super tongue tied here, but I think it's because it's so deep and so much that I just can't explain how much that affected me. So I guess that was just vision of love. That was the first one. And then Butterfly, definitely the song Butterfly, because of the abusive relationship as well. It was those first two songs that just gave me courage and strength. And they kind of showed me a side of like, hey, this is the real side of a relationship. Like, it might not be, it might not be forever, you know? It might not be what you wanted. You might have to hope for something better and move on. I think there's something, well, there's definitely something freeing in Butterfly and the way that she builds it, there's, the chorus is really uplifting anyway with the, 
the backing vocals are so strong, the, the metaphorical lyrics, but the verses break all of that down. And they, they, the whole of this album, though, I don't know, we all know that that's your favourite album. Anybody else who loves this album, which is probably the majority of the Labelly, will probably agree with this. Every single song on that album describes every single moment perfectly. Butterfly, it's very specific, but it's very open at the same time. It's more specific to the moment. We've all been in relationships that we've not wanted to be in, and we've all wanted to get out, but not known how. Obviously, our stories are all going to be different regarding that. Yeah, this song is so uplifting, as well as sad in places. Oh, yeah, it gave me the strength, and it was... Before, I knew that it was written for what she wished Tommy would say to her. That is what I wished my ex-boyfriend would say to me. And we would just end it and have it be done. But I knew that I had to do it. And that song gave me the strength to leave, literally go away. And just with a blanket and an iPhone charger, you guys... Mariah's music gave me the strength to be like, you know what? I I will take an L and be homeless because I do not want to be in such a toxic situation. It was just, I had no out, but Mariah showed me the way. Oh my God, I cannot even. Ah, You guys, it it was so cinematic. It's so cinematic in my head. It probably means... Not a lot to someone who who hasn't been in an abusive relationship or not a lamb, but it was it was like I saw an escape route that that could have been there the whole time. I don't know. It was it was divine timing. I was meant to find Mariah at that moment, and she gave me such a gift. And I'm so 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 eternally grateful for that. And I know we bitch about oh, I don't like this song or this could have been on the album, blah, blah, blah. But that is so, so petty compared to what Mariah gives us every day. And she's the reason why we're here together right now talking. So I was kind of, well, not, I wasn't really in a relationship. This is like 10 years ago now. And I wasn't necessarily in a relationship with this person, but I was seeing somebody. He was all about compliments. Now, I am quite a cynical and sarcastic person. I'm not really into compliments. I'm into recognition, definitely, but I'm not into compliments for the sake of compliments. If somebody says, oh, that suits you, I don't know how to react. I don't know how to take it. Just like, yeah, all right, let's just leave that be and change the subject quickly. It's just who I am. So this guy was full. He wasn't necessarily a silver-tongued charm or anything like that, but, you know, he knew when to say certain things. So he he had great timing. And it wasn't all the time, because I made it very clear, like, that's annoying. And literally, we were just sleeping together. So he kept saying, dropping all these little, like, things in. Oh, yeah, you know, like, whatever. I moved into a flat, lived by myself, and I'd been there about a week or so, maybe two weeks. And he's like, you can't live like this. You have no washing machine. You have no, um, there was a couple of other things. Sofa, (laughs) you have no television. I had a laptop. I'm pretty sure I could have, 10 years ago, still could have found everything on there. He was so, so, so 
helpful. He went through all the companies of which to buy because they last longer and they rarely break down, blah, 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 and whatever. I thought, okay. And I thought, this guy's out of his mind. All we're doing is having a bit of fun. We enjoy each other's company. I don't need all this. And I had a health scare, bit of a health scare, and uh, <laughs> I felt a little bit like he was trying to, at this point, I felt like I was being manipulated into liking him. And I thought, well, if it's not there, it's not there. You can't force these things. So he started saying all this heavy shit then at this point. And I just thought, I can't take this right now. And I said, you can't say things to me like this because you don't know what's going to happen. And he said, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I said, stop saying this. I'd only been for like a couple of tests. So we didn't know. And then he was like, you will be. You will be. You're going you're gonna to look back on this and laugh. You're going to say how ridiculous you sounded. And I was like, I'm open-minded. I'm trying not to think one thing or the other, and let's just see what it is. And I told him eventually when I went to go get my final test results, and he was so supportive. He came with me for everything. Every, I had to go for a checkup. I had to go for an ultrasound. I had to, there was something else I had to go for. I can't remember now. And he came with me for my results. And I said to him on the day of my results, because I'd had enough, I was like, you need to shut the fuck up. Because if you keep telling me I'm going to be fine and I go in there and I'm not fine, it's going to be awful to think about you saying it. So he was like, okay, I'll stop. And then I get out the car. He drops the bloody album. And I thought, you are just fucking relentless. So I went in, got my test results. I was fine. Um, For those that don't know, the L-bomb means he said, I love you. I went out there and I knew he was going to be really smug about it. But, you know, there was a chance that I wasn't going to be fine. So I, he says, I told you you would be. And I was so, I was like, and um, I was like, yeah, now it's fine. But if it was the other way, it wouldn't have been fine. It wouldn't have felt great. So he apologized again. And then because he'd already said that, he kept saying it over and over again. I started to believe, foolishly, these stupid words, these stupid actions, and blah, 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 blah. And I thought, you know, maybe there is something in what this guy is saying. He was just so helpful. And then, even though he pissed me off with the health scare, I still thought, you know, he was so supportive. He came with me all the time. He asked me what the doctors had said. He asked me this. this is, you know, he was so interested, right? And at one morning... Drops me off at work, and he puts his hand on my shoulder, and he says, you know I care about you a great deal. I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. And I get out the car, and I go to work. And he was laughing about it, because he knew what I was like. And then later that day, when I'd finished work, I got home, and one of his friends had sent me a text message saying, have you heard from him? I'm not going to say his name. And I said, I haven't, no. I was like, normally he calls, because he, he was going away. He was going on holiday or something, can't remember now. And I was like, normally he calls me when he's landed, heard nothing, no message, nothing. Then his friend then responded, he said he's not coming back. He said he's moved out there with his husband, they're not coming back. And yeah, it was the most stupidest thing I think I could have ever done. So side effects, every, not every single word. Wait, he, so he, what did he do? After all that... He, he just disappeared? He just disappeared. He just moved to another country with his husband. Oh, my God. Whoa, he was married? He was married, yeah. <gasps> yeah, you were, like, talking around it. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. That's fucking shady. Oh. 
Yes, yeah, so we have been in contact. We were in contact a year later. He was asking me questions and stuff. And I was like, who is this? And he was playing games and he was just like, you don't know. And I was like, well, why would I ask? He gave me a clue without actually telling me who he is, which could have saved a lot of time. And I was just like, fuck. So instant, like, delete, block. I can't be dealing with this drama. So and then when, I, when I went to Thailand a few years later, did not think that we would, like, happen to come into contact with each other. And of course, <laughs> we did. So I was just like, it was literally like, shit walk in the opposite direction <laughs> and i had to just quickly like hide in a shop <laughs> of all the places like i honestly didn't think i was gonna bump into it whatever so side effects every single word almost apart from obviously a couple of the like violent things you know the manipulation aspect of it um the breaking somebody down it wasn't too it's not aggressive but you know it resonated with me because it felt a little bit like there was a game there he wanted to play that game to what gain i don't really understand apart from validation and going through all this with me and that would have been a perfect opportunity for him to be like this is too much for me i'm, I'm off now you I hope you're gonna be okay good luck <laughs> but he he i would have probably not respected him for it but i probably would have got it if i'd have later found out he was married like okay fine i get it now but and i kind of wish he had have done that side effects is it doesn't necessarily remind me of him now because i've moved on and i've grown but at the time side without me actually being i'm not a very angry person but side effects was like my anger it was everything to me side effects at that point you just reminded me of Something I don't think I've ever told anybody this shit right here. And it's actually fucking crazy uh, because it was before I had ever heard Butterfly or Mariah. Like right before, like a couple weeks before. You reminded me of that guy breaking you down. And this guy, he was so, so abusive. And he broke me the fuck down you guys he was like my first real boyfriend too he i lost my virginity to this guy i moved in with him oh my gosh i i can't i've never told anybody this shit but um he threatened to stab me with a screwdriver <laughs> yeah i know he um put me in this like chokehold and like flipped me on the ground and i couldn't get up for a while like it was a mess this one time I was going to leave him like break up with him and he like he said these crazy crazy things to me I used to like self-harm and he dug his uh, fingers into my cuts and he said your parents raised you wrong but basically, I was going to break up with him once. The first time I broke up with him, he, like, punched me in the face three times. And then we got into an actual fight because I was, like, oh, the guy who, I don't know, I just felt like, how could he treat me like this, you know? So I hit, I hit him back with a flip-flop in the face, and I broke his phone. But, oh, my God, I don't know if I want to say that. But um, I did after after all of this shit that he did, I hit him in the face with my flip flop after he punched me in the face three times, and I broke his phone in half. Was the flip flop I, at least a Birkenstock, or was it one of these like? It was a Tiva. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't even a Birkenstock. <laughs> but um, 
So I, but I broke his phone in half. Like, I don't, I'm not proud of this shit, you guys. Like, this is not okay. It was, I was 18, not even 18, maybe 18. This was so long ago. Oh my gosh. But I lied to the police and I said that I pushed him first and I went to jail for it. I got on probation for it. And then he wanted to get back with me after that. And he convinced me into getting back with him, even though I like legally couldn't for a while. But um, I got a probation and, and um, it was just a mess. It was just a mess. But basically, this guy kept doing all of these things to me. Uh, was He said I deserved this. He um, was very physically abusive. In our next home, I tried to separate our stuff and it was like a two, three bedroom. And I tried to like move my stuff into my own room and he would like have it all moved back by the time I like got home. If I'd leave, he'd switch stuff back. He'd buy me things and then get mad at me for it. Um, his mood was just so up and down. Sometimes it was like... Um, I don't know. It was just constant roller coaster. He would freak out on me in public in front of other people. Oh my God, it was so embarrassing. He would drive erratically through um, construction zones on the highway going over 100 miles an hour with like no hands on the wheel. I don't know. It just endless stuff. But basically, I didn't know how to exit the situation because we were on a lease together. I felt like I deserved this treatment. So basically, I was just staying in bed all the time. I was so tired. I didn't want to do anything anymore. He and I, all we would do is like somehow get into an argument no matter whenever we talked. So I didn't ever want to talk to him. I didn't ever want to be downstairs in the living room or in the common areas with him. So I would always just be in the room. And one day, he came up into the bedroom and he said to me, he bought me this um, butterfly necklace like on our year anniversary. And he came into the room and he said, you used to be my beautiful, my butterfly. And now you're this moth and I don't know what happened. And, and it was true, but it was like, yeah you made me this way. Like I was so happy. I was, um, I was always trying to make him happy. He was so angry all the time. And part of it was on me because I thought that I could make him happy. And I tried for years. Yeah. But then two weeks later I found the butterfly and, um, I don't know. I just felt like it was a sign because of what he said. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. I just, it's hard because when you're in a situation like that, they tear, they tear you down and they break down all, all of the, the safety net, the walls, the, the, the backup plan. Yeah, they, they fuck it all up and then tear you down and then make it seem like it's your fault. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't want to self blame, but I did do toxic stuff in that situation. Yeah, in order to retaliate, in order to get probably to get a reaction out of him to see if he cared, and then I think people do things like. Oh yeah, that. I did act extra to see if he cared because it was like he so blatantly didn't and walked on me and you know he threatened me with a screwdriver to stab oh. me with a screwdriver. 
I don't even know how that even came about. He was just always so, so angry. And it was a constant flip. If I said anything, I didn't even know if it would trigger him. It was like, mm. he was so insecure and it made him so angry. I don't, I don't, it stemmed from a lot of issues. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, I mean, I say thankfully for my own uh, personal experience. I've never had a physical moment with somebody, but I have been on the receiving end of, I'm not going to go into this one, but I did, I was on the receiving end of like a verbally abusive. Again, we were just having some fun and this person was taking it a little bit too far by trying to find the buttons to push and always trying to hit the same things. And it's just like, and it did hurt. And it took me a while to get out of that. And luckily I did. Um, but uh, I don't even know what that was about because we weren't together together. <sighs> but uh, it's fucking shit. He was just, I think he was super insecure. And That's he just had a lot, a lot of issues because um, he knew I was trans and we kept that a secret from his family the entire time for years. And I just think that it made him question a lot of things within himself. And that made him really angry at me for being myself. And he he didn't want me to embrace my femininity either because he would make such rude comments to me about what I would wear. He would say I look like a slut and a whore and a hoe. And I would wear his baggy um, sweatshirts all the time. I would wear his clothes and sweatshirts and um, baggy pants because I just felt so depressed and like I didn't want to be anything. I don't know. It was just, yeah, he just needed to have control over everything all the time. I think what you just explained, it kind of says more about him. Not that that's a an excuse or a reason or anything, you know, but it does say more about him and his uh, approach to who he is as a person. Fuck. I think that's the thing as well, like because Mariah has had moments that she f has felt like she's trapped in, regardless of which one it is. Like if anyone who's read the book, and even if you've not, if you already know of certain situations, then you'll know that she's been stuck under the influence of people, it always seemed like that she's been trapped in a moment. And that's another layer to her music, whether it's a relationship like a with somebody or a member of her family. You know, there's, there's songs that sort of, now we know because of the book, that some of these songs are linked. And we've sort of gone through things as individuals where we've felt a certain way at the, other at the hands of the other person. And, you know, we've seeked sort of like salvation with these songs, with the lyrics, with the tone of the song, with the inspirational chorus, you know, whatever it might be. And now we've read the book, Again, we're like, ah, oh, yeah, okay. Like, probably not the same situation, but it's the same approach to getting out of the situation. The same approach to your own self worth of realizing, no, yeah, I'm not it was a whole. Here. It was a whole lot of I'm staying here. I'm staying here. I have no control over the situation. To like, oh no, I'm I'm spreading my wings. Like I, the cocoon has cracked, honey. And it was just like he had the balls to come in there and tell me I was a butterfly and now I'm a moth. And he, he was breaking down and crying in front of me 
But I was like, I'm so drained and so tired because of you. How are you when you're crying because I'm changed? But this is all because I keep trying to make you happy and you're just such an angry person. And I know I shouldn't do that anymore. And I didn't. I stopped. Oh, believe me, in my last relationship, I was not trying to go out, out, out of my way to make him happy. It was like, you find happiness within yourself and then we could be in a relationship, honey. Ugh. But it, yeah, it's always a work in progress, especially once you've been in the dynamic and you, you start to see how, like, even though you were describing such nice actions that the guy was doing, there is such thing as love bombing and being manipulative. And I don't want to go too much into that because I feel like I've had a recent experience with that that I won't go too deep into, but they know who they are. I'm much more happy and secure about the last two relationships that I've had compared to the one that I've spoke about. I felt like my communication was there. One of them crashed and, <laughs> crashed and burned at the beginning of this pandemic, but I feel like I don't want to make a ton of excuses, but I feel like that was a once in a lifetime pandemic moment of encroaching upon us. And we had just been almost with each other for a year and it just wasn't strong enough and our communication wasn't there. So silver lining. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I had Mariah to get me through it, baby. I had Mariah to get me through this pandemic. Oh, good Lord. We had Mariah to get us through this last year, bitch. Oh, my God. I needed her. I need, need, needed, needed her this last year. Yeah. And, well, I think we should go into some more songs. Yes. Like, like the maybe some introspectives, uh, just in case. I'm sure anyone who's here knows about them, but we should give them some, some love, some shout-out moments. Like, uh, you know, a little close my eyes, looking in, shout-out moment. And then well, I think we're going to go into some of the comments. I just want to generally speak. I made a post on one of the private Mariah Carey groups, and I don't want to um, risk getting in trouble here. So I just want to speak generally about what Lambs had to say about Mariah. And I made a post saying, what does Mariah Carey mean to you? And the number one comment was everything. Lambs had to say that Mariah means everything to her. But there was also like inspiration. And I was born in the 80s as well. And I'm biracial. And Mariah's gotten me through everything. There's so many different, but they were all along the same lines of she's gotten me through this one big situation but continues to get me through each thing. But then she's also there for when I just want to have fun, the party moments, and then the introspective moments as well. And I think I don't, I don't want to shine any positivity on anything that anybody's gone through in a negative way, because of course, nobody should be treated like they're less than anybody else ever. But I think the thing that makes us special and makes Mariah special and her fans special as special Alamely is that we're able to roll with the punches, whatever life throws at us or whatever other people throw at us, whatever the situation might be, we're able to learn from our experiences and we're able to actually like become stronger, not just learn from it like, oh, okay, well, I know what to do in case that happens again. I don't want to throw shade on any other artists or anything, but if you talk to somebody who is a fan of other competitor vocalists, you know, 
whatever. They might have their moments. This got me through this and that's fine. But I'm not throwing any shade, like I said. But did they actually write that song? No. Or there could be one specific song from one artist. Sure. But is there an entire fucking catalog of music that's helped you get through stuff? Which you know what I mean? Written herself as well. Right, right. But Why yeah, even, even so, like you're saying, yeah, have they written it? Cry. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Cry. It's a cute retrospective moment. I would have taken Cry as more of a languishing moment of the Me I Am Mariah. Like a two minute, maybe one and a half minute interlude moment it would have been nicer instead of a fourth song because it's a fourth song it's trying to deliver but it just doesn't quite hit what it's saying is fine we knew we knew what the real tea was at that time so it's saying what it needs to but track what is a full song no but the detailing of the lyrics still gives me everything that the song needs to be it still tells that story it's still, without all the like, before we both bait, break down and cry or whatever it is, I don't listen to this song that much because of it being, it feels too, it feels longer than it needs to be. To be fair, nobody actually mentioned cry in any of the, in any of the responses to our questions that we've put out there for everybody. Nobody's brought up cry. You mean that we don't use cry? Yeah, we don't really go to it, Fred. I mean, I'm sure we do. There must be I, some. I mean, I'm sure some lambs do, but. It's definitely not my most, like, I need to have a cry moment. I'm never like, yeah, I'm, I'll put it on because I'm putting on Me, I Am Mariah, like the first side, you know, I've said this before, but I don't go to the first side for cry, definitely. But it's not a horrible song. So what else is a nice introspective moment? You did bring up languishing. You said that cry yeah. could have been a shorter languishing, languishing type moment. I wish that languishing was longer than that could cry. Be a full, I'd take that as a full song over cry, definitely. 100%. That's probably like my favorite part of memoirs almost besides Candy Bling. Besides um, Ribbon. Right, exactly. <laughs> languishing is another one of those songs, like we said in our covers ranking, you know, where... It's more of an interlude. Yeah. It doesn't do too much. It does exactly what it needs to do. It builds, but without building into anything that's, like, epic. It just builds beautifully. It's, it, it's almost as if she's feeling something, and that feeling and the emotion that she's feeling grows each time that um, she gets a little bit higher. It is as long as it needs to be for the album, I guess, but I could have taken it as a full song just based on what the rest of the album is like, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Probably not. But because there's so much overproduction on that album, the album's quite long. So the song can be that length. But because there's so much overproduction on the album and there's not really a whole lot of production on Languishing, not really, I could have taken that as a full song. I would have taken it as a full song over I Want to Know What Love Is. Yeah. All right, um, so... But, you know, she could have done something with languishing, what she did with camouflage, and had some background layering or something towards the end if she'd have made it longer. Just saying. Well, let's get into some of these iconic, iconic introspective songs that help us get through some deep moments. What about pedals? What about pedals? I can't really relate. I do feel like I can relate a little bit more now that we've had the insight with the book. Obviously, we knew elements of it, but actually knowing the full 
details of it now. And almost like when you hear her doing the audiobook as well as reading the book, you could almost picture yourself in her shoes. That's part of her great storytelling as well. But from my own personal experiences, I haven't had anything like that with my siblings. Yes, sort of with relationships, not the same as what you've already explained. I've had some overbearing, like, moments from relatives, you know, where people have tried to control and manipulate certain situations uh, for whatever reasons, I don't know, because I've not listened long enough or hung around long enough. So there are elements of it. For me, I don't relate to everything she's saying in the song pedals, but because I'm adopted and because I can just relate to people like being flip floppy and fake and just like, (laughs) I mean, I don't know, people switch it up on you. And I feel like that's a deep song about caring about people and almost like being abandoned and not being able to stay stable, like in uh, Close My Eyes. And there's also an element to the song as well. I don't want to go too deep, but there is something in it where you do feel a little bit resentment towards people for whatever reason, for whatever kind of relationship you have with them, whether they're a friend, partner, ex-partner, or a relative, or whatever, a work colleague, you know, whatever it might be. And because you, hang on, because you click on some level or to some degree, you have to get out of a situation with that person or people And yet, you know, because of those good times that you did have with them, you do miss them a little bit. And that's what makes it hurtful. So there is that with that song for me, because it's like I've had that kind of relationship with quite a few people where I thought, you know what, this moment I'm feeling right now, I could have come to you about this. But because of X, Y and Z, I can't have you around anymore. Yes, if if people in your life are making you play the song Pedals, it's time to cut them out, girl. Turn them loose, turn them loose. Yes, honey, absolutely. What song are you thinking next? Because we've got deep, introspective ones, and then we've got kind of inspirational, motivator ones. Let's go for my saving grace. For the person that gave us the idea for this episode today has 82 she sent a beautiful message regarding how she views mariah so has 82 has said a saving grace a best friend with all the words to say when i have lost my way an inspiration of determination a fountain of creativity she taught me that there's a light in me that shines brightly they can try but they can't take that away from me when I needed it the most. While I was growing up and feeling somewhere in between, outside, Mariah, I will be forever grateful for your music because your lyrics have been there for me through my darkest times. You're my inspiration and my joy. You've been part of my life in every situation. Thank you so much. Love you. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. I love how she intertwined the lyrics into that message there. That's so beautiful. And that just reminded me of Can't Take That Away as well as on Rainbow. I was like, oh shit, there's there's two really big lamb motivator songs on Rainbow. I didn't, I forgot. Like, oh, what? Mm -hmm. I sit on Rainbow too much, you guys. I listened to it recently. I listened to it last week, though. I did listen. I always listen to the bops, but the the ballads I do sit on, I must agree. But it does have its moments. And I think that's the thing. You do listen to some of these albums and let them play. And then you're just like, okay, 
you do go to them for one particular reason, whether it's a song, whether it's the bops, the ballads, or <laughs> a cover version, or uh, even the retrospective moments, whatever it might be that you go for. You know, we all have our things, but sometimes when you just let the album play, usually I find while you're cooking, it's the perfect time. If you haven't listened to an album, from top to bottom, while you're cooking a full-on meal from scratch is the best time. It makes you really want to sing along and therefore you listen to everything. Oh yeah, cooking and listening to music. Or ladies, if you're getting ready and you take a long fucking time. <laughs> I take a long time, I'm not a lady. <laughs> <laughs> okay, or if you're Garrett. <laughs> But yeah, sometimes I can play two albums. <laughs> All right. But anyway, um, so Hessa's message. Yeah. How else do you describe what Mariah does? She gets us through the moment. That was, that's it. So I think we should go either into My Saving Grace or Can't Take That Away. She do brought what? up those in there as well. My Saving Grace. So it it's a bit of a gospel moment. Obviously, there's not. It's, def- it's definitely one of the more gospel moments. <sighs> I love it. My partner, who is not a huge Mariah Carey fan, or at least he wasn't until we got together. <laughs> Bit of a different story now. <laughs> um, he loves this song. He loves Clown as well. Clown is not a motivational. Come on. No, I know, I know. I'm not going to go into Clown. Don't worry. But like when he said he liked Clown and My Saving Grace and he kept playing, I was like, you're not even a fan. Like, how can you like these songs? So I'm quite proud of him for that. But My Saving Grace, I think it's a nice way of looking in yourself and looking at yourself and being like, I'm a fucking strong person considering what I've got through. And, you know, obviously with Mariah, she she's the one writing these songs and singing these songs. So she doesn't always have these songs until she's made them. So that's her outlet. So she's pouring our heart out with this song as if she's talking directly to God. And I don't necessarily think you have to be of any kind of religion to appreciate this song. No, this is the religion of Mariah Carey. Yeah. But I mean, so you don't... when when we're singing it, it's uh, Mariah's <laughs> our saving. Mariah's our saving grace. You know, giving me peace, giving me strength when I almost lost it all. Catching my every fall, I still exist because you keep me safe. And that's how a lot of lambs feel about Mariah. Yeah, I think that sort of like sums up. If you want to say to anybody about Mariah writes her own fucking songs and those lyrics have got me through some moments, that chorus there is pretty much a soundbite for how they work. My saving grace the part when Marianne says Jesus is the answer when they're live. Also, when Mariah goes into that soft whisper and when she's live, she hits that whistle note like on Oprah or the Charm Bracelet tour. And then by the end of that song, it's like this big anthem, like gospel moment. It's just, it's beautiful. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And don't forget, like, to compliment those lyrics as well. Her vocals actually do something with this song. We've mentioned so many times about how Charm Bracelet has its moments, its vocal moments, and it doesn't as well. But this song... <laughs> it's got so- a lot of soft, whispery moments, but My Saving Grace this. is a vocal standout. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. Okay, so with that, do you want to talk about outside and why it would resonate with people? I don't know how to get in outside. I don't know how to talk about outside on it. Oh my God, that's such a big... 
I'm biracial as well. And back then it was not a thing like it is now, you guys. Like it just was not. And for me, I'm biracial, but I'm also transgender. And this song, oh my God, I cry, cry, cry when I hear this song. I just don't even, I, I, you have to talk about outside, Gareth. I'm sorry. My I relation- just can't put it into words how much I relate to it. It's like the not understanding of why you're made to feel like you're outside of everything that's going on around you. Obviously, it's so much more deeper than that, but that that's so many up in a very, very short-handed way. And obviously... Also, sorry, um, I, I, I'm a person who's like, I always want to try and be better. I always want to fit in. I always want to care about what other people are thinking about me. And this song is kind of like a, a slap of reality sometimes that it's yeah. like, you'll always be somewhere on the outside. But then there's so many people who feel that way, who who have said that this song has saved their life, that it makes me feel like we're a part of a family who feel on the outside. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. My thing, this is just my thing. And my thing with this song is so diluted and so tame and compared to what this song can offer to other people. I've been in situations with people before where I've always, always, always felt like the outcast, the odd one out, the one that's different for whatever reason. And always, always. And so the lyrics resonate with me for that reason. But then there comes a time in your life when, and I know I'm not really old, but I am old enough to know better than what I felt like when I've been in those situations where I feel like, oh my God, I feel like the odd one out. Why do I feel so different to these people? Why don't these people interact with me the same way they interact with the rest of the group or whatever it might be? And I don't know what the reasons are. Maybe maybe they find me boring or they just don't like me or maybe I've been too nice or too honest. I don't know. I have lots of friends from different countries. I mean, obviously I'm in London, so most of the people in London aren't from London or the UK. <laughs> so I feel as well like other people resonate with me, I think, and I relate to other people from different walks of life. I've been brought up that way. Maybe it is because I come from a small town and I wanted to get out. I prefer my relationships I have here in London, my friendships, my relationships with colleagues, everything, especially my relationship with uh, my partner, definitely. And that's that's the icing and the cherry and the filling on the cake. And so that song is sums up my childhood, my teens, my 20s but you know there is a whole other group of people that it means so much more to yeah I mean everyone attaches like the song or any song to I guess and they project their own thing onto it right but I guess that if it's I, I guess if you are like a biracial person or a gay person or a trans person or just anyone who's faced any sort of adversity or is not like a white male or something um 
I feel like it's easier to feel on the outside. Shout out to shout out to all the straight white guys. I'm a trans girl, but if there's a straight white guy who wants it, hey, I would love my next boyfriend to be a lamb. So hit me up on Instagram. <laughs> hit us up on the adventures of Gigi. Where the white men at? Where the white men at? <laughs> if there are white lambs, white men lambs, straight white men lambs that identify with outside let us know how you identify with outside maybe maybe people expect you to be masculine and you're yeah. not you're a femme straight white man i don't know or there's like people expect you to be a certain thing and you're just like i am who i i'm just a human i don't know i have no idea <laughs> That adds layers to people as well. Like, I mean, of course, there's people that have gone through stuff where they felt like they're not welcome, they're not part of something, and no one should feel like that, regardless of who you are or how you live your life. And this is the thing that really gets my goat because people should never be treated like this. This is a real no, song for real people. Though, it's a real song, real people, yes. But honestly, though, if there's some, some white lambs or i love a white boy i love a i love any dominican black boy but i do love a oh, you're nice blonde. you're really putting it out there today G. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm serious i want my next boyfriend to be a lamb i really don't care if you're white but i don't want to discriminate against the white boys i'm here for a white boy you they're sexy you, you know what you need you need somebody who is a little bit into her like wilson was and then you need to work on that because he liked my all i think my all was his favorite song and, and always be my baby and he did like hero but now it, he's got loads of songs that, like that he listens to because of me well my last boyfriend my last boyfriend uh listened to samurai with me uh yeah i don't know i just want if there was a lamb that was straight and white and into mariah and tall. Oh God, yeah, because <laughs> you're quite tall. <laughs> That's just like, that would be a dream. Oh my God, girl. You know what it would be? It would be Sod's Law that like, have you seen that Sex in the City episode where her boss, it's season six where her boss is like, get me a date. I got you a job, get me a date. And then she brings that little guy and she's like, he's a hobbit. <laughs> then, but then we could, we could cry and listen to outside together and we'd get mariah would get us through oh i'll keep a, a white boyfriend lamb i'm down for I am down, I am down for a white boyfriend lamb you guys i'm down and i guess maybe you're not technically straight because i'm trans i'm a post-op trans girl so i'm technically <laughs> you're putting it all out there today <laughs> My number is. <laughs> yeah, my number at bathroom stall. Oh my god. My local haunts are. <laughs> oh my god, it's just for laughs, you guys. It's just for laughs. It's just for laughs. <laughs> so the next one was Can't Take That Away, and it says Mariah's theme, which is okay. It is. They're all Mariah's themes, I guess. But this one, it's so detailed, but so open. They can say anything they want to say, try to bring me down, but I will not allow anyone to succeed hanging clouds over me. I feel like everybody's experienced some level of that. 
it's just crazy how we know exactly what it's about, yet it's still so fucking relatable. And we've all been through that feeling. Yeah. It, like, but it's so identifiable and we know it's about the industry and all of that. But it well, feels personal. Yeah, I think there's some personal stuff in there as well that she's put towards individuals as well as like record companies and individuals there must be but yeah oh lord they do try hard to make me feel that i don't matter at all but i refuse to falter in what i believe all is faith in my dreams okay so i've got some comments here from instagram because we also put it out on instagram and there's a couple here that say well, actually there's one here that says everything of course we hear you but somebody has said my life. Every song provides a memory of a point in my life with rich texture. That's nice. Rich texture. Like, of course. Like, there's, there's, there's lines. It might not be a full verse for me. It might be a line. It could be a line from the chorus that really stands out for me. Oh, there's quite a few good ones here, actually. There's another one here. A sound of love slash pride of being a woman. That's a good one. I wonder if that's a particular song or just in general, because, you know, even though her lyrics to her are very specific, they're still open for relation to the listener. Mariah definitely helped me embrace my femininity like a bitch, girl. She is very, she is very feminine and she embraces her femininity. And I, I quite like that. I think it's beautiful how she carries herself as a woman, you know, how she is, the things she's into. I mean, in, in the UK, press and stuff, not press, but like these trashy magazines and whatnot, people have slated her for being tacky or cheesy and whatnot. And it's just like, who the fuck cares? Like at this point in her life, she doesn't have to try to be anything or have to try and fit in. She's Mariah Carey. The world, my sanity and my saving grace. A hero, somebody says she's a hero. With a capital H, of course. She wrote the song, she knows what she's talking about. Words can't describe how much she means to me. I think that's pretty much for everybody, unless you could actually give a couple of examples of a line, a song, or a moment, or something that she's actually done whether that be a video, charitable work, a representation of people, it could be anything, of course. Oh, yeah, imagine, imagine um, lambs who've had like a real experience with her and maybe she said something to them that like super affected them or like an interview that they saw affected her, you know, because like that one time when she accepts that award and then she has, she like dedicates it to the Make-A-Wish girls in the audience. <gasps> oh, that was everything. That's and then those, cute. and then those um, acceptance award speeches, the Billboard Music Awards moment, the Icon Award and the Artist of the Millennium. Those are like so inspiring. And who was it? It was um, Jeff. He said that he actually had a full moment meeting her and everything backstage um, which, if Jeff is listening, I do believe that if you ever got to meet her again or in any particular form, had a conversation with her and you reminded her of that moment, I think she would remember. She would. She has moments like that all the time with Lambs. Yeah. So what next? What's another big... Ooh, looking in? Yes. Looking in. This reminds me, and it's not the same... But it's it a sad one. It's a sad one. But you know, this was 
really one of the first insightful moments or that we realised was an insightful moment to her life. And I guess all the fans at this point, or the majority of fans at this point, no disrespect to anybody, but, you know, the people that love Hero and whatnot, open arms, you know, they probably thought, oh, woe is me, celebrity, rich girl, blah, blah, blah. We didn't 100% fully know what was happening at the time, but this song makes sense 100% now. It's gorgeous. Vocals. That piano reminds me of something from probably like a horror movie. It also reminds me of the Michael Jack, one of Michael Jackson's songs on his uh, history album, even though it's not the same. <laughs> but there's some honesty in that raw element. It reminds it. it reminds me of, um, even though this is different, but my first CD I ever had was Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears. And it reminds me of Lucky. It reminds me of the, isn't she lucky, this Hollywood girl? You know, and they say she's so lucky she's a star, but she cries in her lonely heart. And it reminds me a lot of that. But then when I grew up and then got into Mariah, I was like, hmm, hmm. It seems a little like, hmm, like the, like they're formatting artists to have these moments that she made so genuinely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there is a bit more of an authenticity to looking in than lucky. And yes, that is the writing because Britney did not write that. But oh yeah, fuck, <laughs> yeah, Mariah wrote looking in. Yeah, definitely. Regardless of whether they did or didn't, like if the songs on their own as they sit. Looking in is definitely, definitely more authentic to what it's trying to represent. Um, but they're both very similar. And yeah. as we know now, free Britney and everything, there is a lot that goes on with Britney's personal thing. So maybe she is listening to Looking In because we know she's a Mariah fan as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, there's a lot of metaphorical lyrics in this. It does open up with its description I do like looking in, but we see so much more raw, deeper lyrics later on, like with Outside, like with Can't Take That Away, Twister even, and we know that she's written that for a film, but there's going to be elements in there. But looking in is probably what started it all, because, you know, when you've got songs like Fantasy and Always Be My Baby, and you get to something like looking in, it completely changes the mood of the album towards the end. Well, it's like its own thing. To me, it could be the credits of the album like you know how Beyonce's formation is the you I don't think you've heard Lemonade but I keep telling you to listen to fucking Lemonade but anyone who's heard Lemonade knows that I like Sandcastles that's a great song uh and if you see the the visual album that part is the part that makes you cry the entire album of Lemonade is a story and then Formation is the credits. And I feel like that's daydream is she's building up this huge daydream. Like it's this huge concept of what she wants. And then she just completely shatters it with the real world in the credits. And it's like, no, well, this is what's actually happening. Yeah, right. Like we have all the, even though it's all emotional stuff, we have the whimsical element of it. And it's like, let's just get real for a moment here. But I think at this point, nobody really realised 
100% what that reality was or what it looked like as such. You look at me and see the girl who lives inside the golden world, but don't believe that's all there is to see. You'll never know the real me. She smiles through a thousand tears and harbors adolescent fears. She dreams of all that she could never be. She wades in insecurity. It seems as though I've always been somebody outside looking in. Well, here I am for all of them to bleed. They can't take my heart from me. Oh, bitch. Yeah, there's there's elements in there where you think, yep, record company, this, that, the other. And I can relate to it when people are like, when you have insecurities, for whatever reason, we've all got probably similar ones, but for probably slightly different reasons. And I think, you know, when you look at somebody, it goes hand in hand with them having those friends that are always the like positive outlook and you know they're the yin to your yang if you're like me and quite sarcastic and skeptical about things then there could still be stuff going on everybody has their stuff and that kind of sums up that element like we all need to make sure we take care of each other because we never fully know what's going on and you know perfect title looking in you know Oh my gosh, I just looked at the lyrics and I got them all right, I think. I think I got them mostly there. Um, yeah, I was looking but, as you read them, so yeah, they were... But I didn't read them, I just... Oh. That, was from my mem- that was literally from my memory. So let's just quickly go to some more comments. Oh yes, was there anything else? I feel like I've said most of the general... A really nice one, which I think sums up this whole episode. I might put this at the beginning or at the end, I'm not sure yet, but... Um, hopefully they hear this, that we're reading this out. This is a, a long time follower and somebody that always stays supportive to us. And they have said, Mariah is Hebrew for the Lord is my teacher or drop of the sea, bitter or beloved. And I feel regardless of all these um, retrospective moments, regardless of your heroes or circles or fly like a bird or can't, um, can't take that away or there's got to be a way Vanish. anytime you need a anytime you need a friend anytime you need a friend um when make i saw happen. you make it happen um the wind that any of these songs no matter which one you stick with which one is your jam which one is your go-to which one is your hopeful message your throw away regardless i feel as if that kind of sums up how Mariah is perceived. I've got friends that really dislike her. I've got friends that don't really pay too much attention to her. I've got friends that do like her, but still don't pay too much attention to her now. But then I've got other friends who are like, oh my God, about everything she does. Same here, but they all know how much she is a part of me. So yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure, and I we got some messages talking about if Mariah, God, Jesus Christ, oh my God, forbid, I'm knocking on every wood I got, bitch, passed away, honey, Jesus, oh my God. I think that people would reach out and know that I would be devastated because I would be fucking devastated. I, that was one of the other comments we got is that we're so connected to this woman that she has moved us and she is the constant in our life. And if she was not there anymore, that would significantly affect us. And I'm trying to be stern here because I don't want to cry again because I've already cried once in this fucking episode, but I just want to be serious. We love Mariah. 
I'm going to bring one up now. I don't know if anyone will agree with me on this. Um, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, for me, is the retrospect of the Christmas album. It's what? Oh my gosh, I brought that up on the last, on one of our episodes. What was the, what did they say about God Rest You Merry Gentlemen? Nobody said anything about it, but... When you think about the lyrics, we get, and the album is a journey, let's just say. I don't want to go into too much of a tangent because that's a separate episode, but like you're all like bouncing along to the splendor of this amazing Christmas album. It's nostalgic, it's hymn like, it's gospel, it's like reminder of all these things throughout your life as Christmas, childhood, excitement, religion, school, doing things to do with like hymns at school, all these things. And this album encapsulates everything with that Christmas is. And then you get to the end and it's kind of like that reminder, don't forget what Christmas really is here for and why it happens. It's not her lyrics. I know it's not her lyrics. And that's- God rest you, Mary Gentleman is iconic, girl. <laughs> oh my God. I, I already said it was like my top yeah. five- covers of mariah and um that bitch fucking killed god rest you merry gentlemen so hopefully that lamb here here's on the thing but yeah it's like the looking in of the christmas album it's like jesus is here because it does go hers is pretty what is it secular her album is there's a few that aren't, but it's mostly secular. There's secular Christmas music and then non-secular, which means it's either Christian-y or it's oh. not Christian-y. Obviously, she didn't write the song. We know that. So it doesn't really sit there with a Mariah being our saving grace. But at the same time, it does a little bit because it, it's that stop, remember. It's that disclaimer. And the way it's delivered, it's not too preachy. It's not over the top. It's very minimal. And it just gives you the message. And it's the delivery, the way she delivers the song that makes it resonate, that makes you stop, think, and pay attention. This is making me want to listen to the Christmas album in the middle of the spring. This Not is ridiculous. Yet. Yet. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's wait till September at least. <laughs> I'm I'm so excited for Christmas already. I'm just over this year. Oh my God, but, I feel um, the same way as well. Like every time I'm like, <laughs> we mention anything to do with Christmas, even like... We mention Christmas all the time. Yeah, but just the mentioning of it, even when like, I was thinking about it like the other day to do with like work or what's Christmas going to look like this year? Or I was thinking like, oh my God, we're, we're already like nearly in May. And I was like thinking Christmas only just happened. I'm just like, I want but Christmas back. Again. Yes. And I'm just like, I want Christmas back. Like <sighs> it's almost Christmas time again, you guys. It's happening. It's happening. That's why I think Mariah is gone. Nick says that she's making a new album. I think it's a mixture of she's cooking up MC30 and she's figuring out Christmas already. Yeah. Okay, anyway, sorry for the tangent, you guys. <laughs> um we need to bring up hero yeah, yeah yeah we do so hero okay, you guys we gotta bring up hero you guys i know it's it's a big one it's a schmaltzy one it's helped a lot of people get through a lot um i know i talk about how i like bops and all of these other things but if you saw you guys i broke down and cried if you guys saw if you heard our caution tour episode you guys know i broke down and got my entire life when mariah sang hero 
And yes, the song has helped me get through some shit. Um, so we should we need to talk about that because that song has helped people get through like suicidal feelings and just distress and moments, girl, moments, honey. We didn't have any comments on Instagram about Hero as such, apart from one saying that she was a hero for them. There was nothing about, like, the story regarding Hero, like, the lyrics have helped me this, but I have heard stuff. I mentioned one in our Caution Tour episode about a comment I read about Under the Lamb that went to the, a concert with his mother because Hero was his fav- her favourite song, and then when he went to the Emancipation Tour, she passed away, so that was really special for him. There is something in Hero, of course. It is very 90s positivity moment, whether you want to look on that as cheese or whatever, but loads well- of... My ex-boyfriend described it as Disney princess. She sounds like this is the song in the Disney princess movie that's like, um, you know, the part of your world or colors of the wind. That's It's a big, iconic song. It could have been good in a, a Disney movie, actually, this. Well, yeah, they he, he thought before Mariah, we listened to the number ones, or the number one Tune Kennedy album, and he thought before Mariah did, like, transition from the butterfly era like to honey and stuff he was like she's very disney princess that's how he felt from a non-land perspective but that's because they were it was what was huge at the time you know everybody liked the metaphorical power ballad that everything's gonna be okay obviously disney films are full of that stuff especially at the time so they kind of go hand in hand it could have been good as, I don't know which one, maybe Mulan, but then somebody else did the song for that. No, um, she'd have to be her own Disney princess. Like, it has to be a Disney movie about Mariah Carey. The meaning of the Mariah Disney Carey, the Disney if, if the meaning of Mariah Carey was a cartoon <laughs> Disney movie, I would be fucking dead. That would be cute, cute, cute. Uh, I'd be obsessed. They're, they want to do, like, all of the um the biopic sort of thing, and I'm down for that. I am, I am, I am. Just don't let but Lifetime wanna, have it. Don't let Lifetime I, have I it. want a cartoon movie of Mariah's life, but, like, a really good one, really Disney, and with all Mariah's songs. And I want a graphic novel of the meaning of Mariah, but we can get to that later, because she's had so many looks, so many outfits, and... It would just transition. It would be so colorful and fun and festive and Vegas, bitch. It would be so Vegas. What she needs to do now is, I don't know when, but maybe in the next year or 10 years, definitely, by the time we get to MC40, we definitely need... Did you ever hear about David Bowie's Is exhibition? We need that. All the costumes, all the lyric sheets in glass cabinets, all the music videos playing, timeline the from the shoes, beginning. The shoes, honey. The shoes, shoes and the wigs. Everything. The hair. We need it. We need a timeline roughly based on the meaning of Mariah Carey, but mainly when you really get into it, outlining her career. So the beginning will be all the like things she's overcome so that it's relatable to people. And then costumes, shoes, hair, videos, you know, all of this. I want to see notepads with scribbled lyrics that she's probably written on the the bus, you know, or whatever it might have been. <laughs> um, I want that. That's what we got with the David Bowie exhibition. And that, I'm still trying to get my hands on a book and it's the moment's already passed. But like, that was such an epic exhibition. And they tried to do one a little bit with the Spice Girls, 
but it was good, but it was a fan-made one. It wasn't like the Spice Girls were behind it, like David Bowie was behind his, because it happened before he died. And Mariah needs to be behind it 100%. I'm down for that, or an actual real Mariah Carey museum. And I'm I'm down for this Lee Daniels movie, but I really want a Disney movie, a Disney princess cartoon, Mariah. Mariah deserves to be a Disney fucking princess, a cartoon Disney princess. And that's what I think should happen. I think she needs to be her own Disney princess. There needs to be a park in Disney world dedicated to Mariah Carey. Like in Epcot, there's Mariah Carey land. There's Mariah's world. There's Mariah's world. (laughs) Okay. We, well, I think we've talked about it. I think we've done our thing today. We talked about Hero. We kind of went off on a tangent when we were talking about Hero, but... We can we can talk a little bit more about Hero if you want. I mean, I think, I think we've said it. I think we've said what we got to say. I think... I mean, I said that Looking In was probably the first time that we saw this. I guess Hero... That's the, diff- they're so different. Yeah. So different. Hero is very people-pleasing. And she wrote it for someone else. Like, she wasn't even writing it about... Yeah. Yeah. It's not exactly completely tailored to her experience. I mean, I'm sure it is, but then there's... It's wrapped up But that's probably why... She said that's why it is... It's so general. It reaches so many people. So, it's... Everything happens for a reason. Every song has a time and a place. Uh, I know I shit on some of the sappier songs sometimes, but they are the parts that get me through like imagine if i was having a shitty day all the other days were making a podcast my rankings would probably be a little different who knows yeah that song the song 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 well <laughs> i guess you guys that's a wrap on this episode but we, this was a good one i think yeah it was, i mean it was deeper yeah we went deep we could have gone deeper deeper but like there's so much to talk about um we wanted to address some of your comments, your feedback regarding her saving grace. And yeah, I'm glad that we we got some of your comments and we hope you enjoyed us reading them out. But don't forget to rate, review and subscribe our podcast. And we also do our live chat the following Sunday, our after show on Instagram at underscore the adventures of underscore Gigi. Oh, yeah. And if you want to go live with us, we like doing that as well. Yes, let's do it. If you want to come on and talk about the comment that we read out and you want to discuss further, then you're more than welcome. Just drop us a DM and we'll get it sorted. We'll make it happen. Or if you didn't leave a comment and you're really excited to tell us why you love Mariah, or if we left out a song that helped you get through something significant in your life, darling, don't be bleak. Come on live with us and chat with the lambs. Well, thank you for listening, guys. Been a pleasure as always, and we'll see you on Sunday. See you Sunday. Bye-bye. 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 Um, Let me see that. Bum, 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 bum. We haven't mentioned I wish you well. <gasps> Ooh.